Alright, what is going on guys? Welcome to the first episode of Wolves Underground Fantasy Podcast. And today we're going to be discussing the number one question that is almost always asked to me and other podcasters about fantasy football. Uh, do you get a running back or a wide receiver in the first round? This year, wide receivers are really deep with sleepers like Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas that are falling all the way down to the 20s, and Jarvis Landry, in his case, the 50s, which is an amazing grab for him. Um, so this year, we're going to be focusing on running backs, in my opinion. You obviously have the elite three of Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson. David Johnson going first. Um, see... These are obviously great picks. They're going to go one, two, and three almost every time. But we're going to be trying to focus on some of those middle selections, like six through seven. So that is six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are going to be the places where you're mainly going to want to target running backs because the wide receivers are going to go right beforehand, and you're going to be able to come back around and grab somebody like a Michael Thomas right after that. So we're looking at people like DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you're probably going to want to buy as high as possible on LaShawn McCoy. He was a stud last year. He's definitely making a comeback. I think he's going to maintain that 1,000-yard production. Um, you're also going to want to try and avoid people like Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is probably the biggest bust I can think of. He is not going to be able to fill the shoes of Matt Forte and get that consistent 1,000-plus-yard production. All right, now people that I think that you should buy high on in the second to third round at running back. Definitely try and buy high on Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. They're really good sleepers this year. Uh, You don't normally see this many good sleepers in a fantasy football draft, and these are probably going to be two of the best that are going to go anywhere from that 30 to 50 range. All right, now that we've covered running backs, let's go ahead and cover some wide receivers of this year. Um... Wide receivers, obviously, again, just like running backs, you're going to have the elite three or so, being Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham Jr. Those are going to go probably three through six, three through seven, somewhere around there. So, you know, it's kind of hard to try and decide between the two. Julio's getting old. Antonio's kind of getting, you know, banged up a little. And then Odell is young, and you don't know if he can reproduce the same things. But if I had to choose any of them, Keeper leagues, definitely go Odell. But standard leagues, I would probably still say Antonio Brown. That's been a solid choice for you. Um, But in PPR, PPR not keeper, you probably still want to go ahead and grab Julio Jones because he's going to be getting consistent number of targets and receptions in the league. And that will cause for him to not only just produce you two wide receivers, It'll get you the win a lot of times, and that's why it's so valuable valuable to have a pick in the top. Um, let's go ahead and cover some sleepers. So, one sleeper, in my opinion, he's not really a sleeper because he's still ranked within the top ten of the wide receivers, would be Michael Thomas. You know, obviously with Brandon Cooks leaving the Saints, that leaves a pretty big role to fill with o- – even last year, he had a thousand yards in production. So this year, I would expect to see his thousand yards and seven touchdowns jump up to probably thirteen hundred yards, given like ten touchdowns. That is top of the line wide receiver one production right there. Um, another sleeper that I really love, 
and obviously he's been back to back thousand yard thousand yard uh, seasons. Jarvis Landry is going into his fourth year in the Miami Dolphins. He is falling in a lot of drafts. I actually see him in the sixties and seventies, which is crazy for a player that is widely considered to be a wide receiver one. Um, a couple other people that you'd be able to find down there would be Willie Sneed, uh, Devontae Adams. I like those picks too, just not as much as Jarvis Landry. Um, looking sort of in the second to third rounds, you start to see people like T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, Amari Cooper. These people are all great picks. I just tried to buy as low as possible on T.Y. Hilton. He's getting old. You don't know what can happen with him. He's really just a wild card. Um, however, Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson, they're both going into their second year with these quarterbacks that seem to consistently target them and give them good work. Um, I would probably go Allen Robinson over Amari Cooper, though, and it kills me to say this because I'm an Oakland fan and I love Cooper and Carr, but uh, Allen Robinson is probably just going to get you some more touchdowns with the Jaguars always being down. All right. So now we're going to go into the very sparsely populated field of tight ends. You normally see Grunt go at like 20, and that is very much over buying on a tight end. You can wait till, you know, 70s, 80s. You can get a pretty solid producing tight end. The problem is, is just finding the person that can do that. Like, here, I'm, I'm looking at this sheet right here. You have Julius Thomas, 15 overall on tight ends, 91 in normal draft boards. I, I don't like going Julius Thomas because he's just a wild card in my opinion, but if you can get him at 91 and fill that essential role, that is perfect because that means you could have stockpiled on wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. But if you've already gotten two elite wide receivers and one elite running back by around four or five, it's probably worth it to grab Travis or Olsen because you won't even have to worry about that position for the rest of the year. All right. So now we're going to go to quarterbacks. People don't actually try to strategize quarterbacks that much. They normally just say, who is the best quarterback available? They don't look at people like Tyrod Taylor or Carson Lynch as viable options because they are so low. But the thing is, is that instead of having to grab a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers in the third or fourth round, you can save that pick for later and grab somebody who is probably you know, going to be on the same level of production. Maybe not 5,000 yards like Drew. Maybe like maybe not eight interceptions, which is low from Aaron. But you can still get somebody like Andy Dalton, who is a pretty solid quarterback one, down in that round five to six range. Uh, even lower than that, round nine to ten, whenever they're still available. Um, but quarterbacks this year, rookie-wise, uh, I, I really wouldn't buy high on any of them. The only one I would try and buy high on would probably be Deshaun Watson, and that is only because of the Hopkins-Watson combo. And that is something that I forgot to mention whenever I was talking about wide receivers. Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins combo, it's going to make buying low on DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to make them regret it. Like, last year people were going all crazy because of DeAndre Hopkins and how he had had a great season the year before. This is going to be his comeback season. This is going to be the season where he gets 1,200 receptions, uh, 1,200 yards, 
120 receptions, and 10 touchdowns. That is wide receiver one value at wide receiver like six position on the draft board. Um, So a couple more things that I just want to talk about. I wanted to talk about how people constantly seem to forget about kickers and defense and drafts. This is just something that I've noticed because I've done eight or nine or so mock drafts in a couple of days and from my own personal experience of having drafts in real life with my friends and coworkers. So uh, people tend to leave these things till the very end of the draft. And I, I don't like that strategy. It's a strategy that I've used for a few years now. Once you get to around nine or ten, grab Gutskowski. Just grab him. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Gutskowski is the most consistent kicker that there will ever be. Um, other people you can kind of grab. Hoshka, um, that's a pretty solid one. But really, every other kicker seems to just be, you know, I don't know. So while we're on the subject of things that people forget, let's go to fantasy football defense and their rankings. So people still, for some reason, buy high on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks had a terrible year this year. They did not perform at the value that most people picked them in the seventh round. So instead of picking the Seahawks in the seventh round, why not target the Vikings in the twelfth round or target the Chiefs in the eighth round? These are people that have developed their roster through the 2017 draft and have given themselves the ability to become the next Seattle Seahawks with an overwhelming amount of skilled people on defense. Also, just another thing that I want to discuss, we'll discuss it more in the next episode, um, matchups. A lot of people tend to forget about matchups and how important they are for your players. You need to look at people who are going to be going up against defenses like the Saints. Even though I feel like, I, I feel blasphemy saying this because I'm from New Orleans, I'm a Saints fan, the Saints have just a terrible defense. Any team that has ever gone up against the Saints, like, for example, if you have Jay Ajayi going against the Patriots, but you have Todd Gurley on the bench who's going against the Saints, start Todd Gurley, even though he's, you know... Uh, nobody trusts Gurley, but, you know, just start him against the Saints because the Saints obviously keep coming in 32 on defense. It, it's just disappointing. All right, so that was the first episode of Wolves Underground Fantasy Podcast. Um, go follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. See you next week.